Good job, Ben. That boy can sing. <laughs> welcome, everybody. Good to see you. Glad you're here. My name is Alan, and welcome once again to Mountain Park. And this morning, we are going to clean up the garage. Last week, I started this series, and the general idea is that we're looking at the imperfections in our lives. The Bible likes to refer to them as sin, but we're looking at this, this broken stuff in our lives. And we're not talking about the big trees that crash into the living room, the obvious places where we have to deal with and we can't ignore them. We're talking about the stuff that we tend to hide in the back of the garage, that we tend to put on shelves and forget about. We just leave it there and we don't deal with it. We don't talk about it. We don't confess it. We don't we don't, we don't do anything but just leave it, sit there, and we learn how to manage with it as is. And so our garage gets all cluttered, our spiritual garage gets cluttered, and we learn how to kind of navigate through and get by in the garage and get around, but that stuff just remains there, and God cares about us too much to have it just stay there, that God uh, wants to continue to pursue us because he has something better for us than just continuing to go with a cluttered garage. And the verse that we've been looking at here in this series, the driving verse here is 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. And so it begins, if we confess our sins. And he's not just talking about the trees in the living room, but talking about, about any and everything. All of this stuff that gets in the way of our relationships with others and our relationship with God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I want to invite you this morning in the hopes that we would get all the more familiar with this verse by the hopes of this series, perhaps even have it memorized. Would you say this verse with me? Let's say it together, all right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now the sin, the peace that is often hiding in the back of the garage uh, that we're looking at this morning is greed. Now, the good thing about greed, the good news about greed is that no one in this room has it. So that's the great thing about gre greed is something other people struggle with. That, that greed, I bet when I say greed, you can think of people in your life, you can probably think of a, a few names, one, two, three, Three, four, maybe people, oh, they definitely struggle with greed. Greed is something we can easily see in other people, but it's just our mirrors can't reflect greed. And so we can't see that when we look in the mirror. Hey, pastor, I'd like to talk with you about something. I really struggle with greed, said no one ever. That, that's just not the way the conversation goes. We never kind of address it from that end. It's something other people seem to address, which is why greed is, is the perfect item in this series to say it's so hidden in our garage, but it's there. It's there for all of us. And so we're going to hopefully be honest here today and stir things up a little bit and see what God may want to do with that part of our garage. Doesn't that sound exciting? Good, good. All right. Hey, would you uh, pray for me? I just want to ask that God would uh, take over here. God, we thank you for your presence. We do thank you for your pursuit, that you love us so much that you will discipline us, that you will not let us just 
go by and continue to tolerate these areas of our lives, but that you want to, to get after this stuff. You have something better for us, and we want to experience that. Would you come and, and stir up what you want to stir up here in this room in the name of Jesus? Amen. So the story that we're going to look at is just a short story found in Luke chapter 12. I invite you to turn there with me if you brought your Bibles. And I do encourage you to bring your Bible to church or an electronic Bible, something to look at. We will have the words on the screen. We often do that. But there's a lot of value to having the book in front of you, the book that you hopefully take a look at throughout the week. There's an opportunity to just take notes in there. And if you do an electronic Bible, you can have notes as a part of your electronic experience as well. And that stuff is good that if the Holy Spirit says something to you, nudges you in some way, you can capture it. You can, you can let that be part of your story with him. So we are uh, looking at Luke chapter 12. Here in this chapter, there's thousands of people that are gathering around Jesus, very much interested in who this Jesus is, what this Jesus has to say. Is Jesus legit? And what does this Jesus have to say about our own lives? So thousands of people, and there's this one who stands out in verse 13. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. It's just, here we enter into the whole inheritance journey and the reading and understanding of wills and how all this works out. I've experienced this a few times in my own life and many times with other people. And this is a time where plenty of things that are hidden in the back of the garage tend to come out front. And the more conversations you have with all of this and the expectations and, and some of this stuff can really surface some, some really difficult stuff. But this guy, all he says to Jesus is, Will you help us divide the inheritance? And, and, and my understanding of it is he's, just, he's, he's not asking to get, to get something extra. He's just saying, will you help us do it fairly? That's my understanding of this. Will you, that's a very reasonable request. What's wrong with going up to Jesus and saying, would you help us handle this thing fairly? What's, what's the deal here? You got to remember that the sins we're looking at here in this series are not the trees in the living room. They are more subtle. These are things that are gonna be more hidden, more camouflaged, more disguised. Each of the things we're looking at over the next few weeks are disguised often as something else. And so greed is sometimes disguised as simple ambition. I'm just trying to get the most I can out of the situation. I'm not greedy, I'm just ambitious. I'm not greedy, I just want more. I'm not greedy, I just want the best. I want to ex experience the very edges of what life can offer, etc. So I'm not greedy, which is a bad thing. I'm ambitious, which is a good thing. What's wrong with a guy simply coming up to Jesus and saying, will you help us divide out the inheritance? Well, Jesus responds. He says, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. So Jesus addresses the notion that there are different kinds of greed. 
which I think is helpful for us as we explore what's going on in our garage. Because some of us have a picture in our mind of what greed is like. And the picture is Scrooge sitting in a room surrounded by piles of money, surrounded by, by gold coins stacked up here and saying, I don't care about the poor. I don't care. I will spit on the poor. And so we look at that scene and we go, that's not me. I don't have an accent like that. I'm not surrounded by piles of money. And so uh, that's obviously not me. So I'm exempt from this. I'm not greedy. Let's move on to the next sin on the list. But Jesus says there's all kinds of greed. And so that picture of Scrooge, which is obviously greedy, that's not the only version of greed. There are other versions of it. And the version I want to look at this morning is a version that is connected to the idea of fair share, that, that our interest in and expectation for fair share is an indicator of greed in our lives. It's, it's natural to want fair share. Most of us say in most experiences, I want my fair share. That's, that's a very reasonable thing to say. In the same way that the man coming up to Jesus and asking for the inheritance to, div- to be divided fairly, that's a reasonable thing to request. A few weeks ago around Christmas, if there was a delicious treat that was passed around, you would want your fair share. I tasted it. I heard about it. I saw it. I want, I want my portion of it. If you pay for an hour lesson, and oftentimes those lessons can be rather pricey, and so you pay for an hour music lesson, or you pay for an hour with a gym instructor, or whatever thing you're trying to learn, you're not going to be all that excited if at 38 minutes, the instructor says, you know, we better wrap up here, because I got another customer, and so we need to kind of move on, and and, you know, if it was me, I'd be looking going, <laughs> it's 38 minutes. We still got time. We got lots of time for me to sweat or whatever the thing might be, right? And so, or maybe it's, maybe it's pie. If there's one pie and there's six people, I want one-sixth of the pie. I, I, that's reasonable, right? I mean, that's, that's a very reasonable request, like the man coming up to Jesus. What's wrong with that kind of reasonable request. How, how is that possibly sin to simply want our fair share? Well, the reality is when we want fair share, what we really want is at least fair share. When we want fair share, we're not okay on either side of fair. What we want is fair or more because fair is great. We're happy with fair. More than fair is greater. And so most of us, we rarely get upset when the fairness is in our favor, you know, when it leans in our favor. Rarely do people get upset when the insurance company sends a check that's more than what it should have been. Rarely do we raise a stink for that. Rarely do we worry about having more time with our instructor, unless we're totally exhausted and we were done at 38 minutes, you know, whatever the thing might be. But rarely do we complain about getting more or having more piece of the pie. So what, what happens is that, is that greed is saying, I want fair share plus. I want at least fair share, and then I'll enjoy whatever else happens after that. I want fair share or else. Uh, fair share is a minimum. I expect fair share, then I'll just kind of think about or enjoy what happens after that. 
So here's, here's what Jesus says then. He tells this uh, short, simple parable that many of us have heard before. And he jumps into this. He says in verse 16, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. So here's a guy who, who gets his share. He gets his fair share. And there's an abundance. He gets way over his fair share. And what does he do? He builds a bigger garage. He builds a bigger garage. It's the natural thing to do. It's the American thing to do. We, we run out of space in our garage. New York Times says that 25% of homeowners with a two-car garage cannot put one car in the garage. 25%. You know what that means? What we're saying is we want to put our $30,000 vehicle in the driveway so that we can leave more room for our useless crap in the garage. <laughs> it's fascinating. It's just 25%. No space for the garage. You know what the number one uh, 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 advancing, developing uh, real estate, commercial real estate has been in the United States for the last few decades? Storage rental facilities. Off-site storage rental facilities. They're just exploding. One in 10 Americans uses an off-site storage rental facility. Why? Because there's not enough room in their barn at home. Not enough room in that garage, so we need to rent more space for more stuff in the garage. One in 10. Apparently, there is 7.3 square feet, so if you can imagine, that's not much space, but 7.3 square feet of storage facility space for every man, woman, and child in the United States. So all of us on one day with empty storage facilities could stand in them under shelter and sing a song together. We, we, could, we could all be in a storage facility at the same time. There's that much storage stuff going on in, in, in the country. We say, I've got more stuff, I need more space, I need to know what to do with it. Because what, what happens is we, we think that, that fair share is great, so more than fair share is greater. And the more we have, the better we'll be, the happier we'll be. Some of you know Marsh Hall, who used to work here at the church. He was a worship leader here for some time. He's a friend of mine. And while he was here, his daughters were three and four years old. And they, uh, at that time when they were that age, they were playing uh, Yahtzee Junior. So it's a, a smaller, you know, kid's version of, a, of the classic game Yahtzee. And Reese, who's the three-year-old, the younger of the two, at one point she just grabbed the Yahtzee cup and ran away and just took off with it. Do, 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 do. And Presley, who's the more mature one, the four-year-old, she said, she said, Reese, Reese, what are you doing taking the cup? And, 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 and Reese said, I want it. I want the cup. And then Presley said, um, well, you're, that makes you greedy. 
that makes you greedy. What kind of four-year-old has this kind of vocabulary, right? But it's just saying, that makes you greedy. And Reese, not understanding what greedy is, said, said it doesn't make me greedy, it makes me happy. <laughs> it's just a great story with these sweet little girls. And it just, I got more, I got it, I want it, you want it. That makes me all the more happy to have it. And so there's this natural thing. We learn at a young age that the more I have, that's moving me towards, towards happiness. And Jesus has something to say about that. At the end of this story, verse 20, the next verse, these are Jesus' words. God says to him, God says to the one in the story, you fool, this very night, your life will be demanded from you then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. Now, I'm not trying to be emotionally manipulative when I ask the question, what if you died tonight? I mean, that's what Jesus says here in this story, so I'm, I'm just kind of going with that. What if you died tonight? What would you want to be said about your stuff in your garage? What would you want to be said about how you handle your stuff, about how you respond to the needs of people around you? What would, what, what would people say? And would they say the things that you would want them to say? That greed is, is, is never an attractive thing. It's never an appealing, inspiring thing. That that Jesus would say, you, you fool. Let's not be fools and think that the accumulation of stuff will give us purpose or meaning, will actually take us to joy and happiness, will actually make us more interesting, will actually connect us with other people, the accumulation of stuff, because it does the exact opposite. Greed is never an attractive thing in other people. It's never something that appeals us towards other people. It's, it is popular, it is common, it is natural, it is prolific, absolutely, but it is never inspiring or attractive. You know what's inspiring attractive? The exact opposite of greed, which is generosity. You got greed over here and you got generosity over here. I don't care who you are, I don't care what you believe, what your background is, or how much you have, everybody loves generosity. Everybody loves seeing it in others. It is a universal, attractive, beautiful, inspiring thing. But the reality is, we have to choose between generosity and greed. Which side are we going to go on? Most of us want fair share. Okay, fair share makes sense. It's fair. But life is not fair. There's no such thing as fair. There's no such thing as, as true, full, fair, where everybody gets a fair share. That just doesn't exist. It's not, it's not humanly possible. It's like the old Plinko game. Do you remember Plinko from The Price is Right or from, from The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? You put the little disc in, it goes, and it's this random thing to find out where the Plinko disc is going to land. The Plinko disc doesn't sit on the peg. It's not designed to do that. It can't just sit there and say, fair. It's going to lean either towards greed or it's going to lean towards generosity. It has to go one way or the other. And the problem with fair share is that we typically say fair share at least. So, boom, I'm fair share at least. I want more. I want fair share and then some. 
which moves us towards the greed side. The other side of that is to, is to let go of fair share and say, you know what? I'm okay with less. It's about saying, I could have more, I could accumulate more, and I'm okay with less. That's generosity. And it's not even uh, uh, about being okay with less, as in you got stuck with less. It's actually choosing it. It's actually being happy with it. The Bible talks about being a cheerful giver. That in our generosity, we're, we're happy with less. What that might mean is looking at your TV that is smaller than, you want, than the one you wanted. And as you're sitting watching the TV, you look down at your carpet that is older than the carpet that you wanted. And you have, you've had to sit on this carpet for an extra four years that you didn't want to, but you go, you know what? I'm making some decisions because I want to live generously. And it might mean that when you drive around looking for the TV that you can't buy, that your car has a tear in the seat and it's got this little noises in the back and you go, yep, I got a, I'm driving an older car because I'm happy to be affected by God. I'm happy to have my life impacted by the fact that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. To say, I'm going to let that affect my decisions, so I'm going to live generously. That's what it means to, to be happy with less. Greed says, I want fair share or more. Generosity says, I'm okay with less than what I could have. And it's very appealing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yesterday, my son went for a, a long uh, mountain bike ride in the South Mountain area there. And he's gone for quite some time. He was with a friend. And then he called me up because he got a flat tire uh, out there. And so his cell phone worked. He called me up. And, and I was, I was kind of a mixture of response. Because on the one end, I'm super proud of him getting out and going out. And he went for a long time and had a great ride. But then on the other hand, that's my time. And I had some plans for that for Saturday morning. And so he's cutting into that. And I'm thinking, you know, if he could have been prepared for this, he could have been ready to take care of his own flat. And so I got to teach him how to do that. And so, so I found out he's got a 29-inch tire. I saw in the closet we got a 29-inch tube. And so I said, I'll come out and help you because... I'm just that kind of dad. And so I, I, I put everything in the car. I put the, uh, the, the, the air pump in the car, and I put, the, I put a rag in because you might get messy, so I want you to be all cleaned up as you keep on going. I brought the tools to change the tire, plus additional tools, just in case everything, uh, something else might have gone wrong. My thought was to model for him how to be mature and how to be prepared for this kind of thing so you don't have to call dad next time. And so this was the process for me, and I got there. Just a pretty significant drive to go out there and got with him, and he's taking the rim off, and I'm pulling this up out of the car and then I realized I forgot the tire tube. <laughs> so I got all the stuff and here I am trying to model for him how to be, you know, prepared and all that. And so we then stare at each other and I'm going, shoot, I got to do all the more time to go back and get it and all this. So we're looking at each other and while we're looking at each other, there's another biker who overheard our situation and just, and just jumped into the conversation and said, oh, what the size of tire do you need? And we said, a 29-inch tire. And he said, well, I have an extra tire tube in my backpack. I would be happy to share it with you. And that would be my pleasure. And so uh, next time, perhaps you can be more prepared. But I am happy to help you today. <laughs> he was French. And 
he was, he was, he was, he, I asked him, he's not from Quebec, he's from France. He's actually from France. And, and, and uh, so and it, was, it was so nice for him to, to share this with us. And this is what generosity is. Generosity is, is someone saying, I will have less. I'm choosing to have less. He did not have to speak up. He didn't have to say anything. He, I didn't ask anybody for a tube. He just voluntarily, uh, you know, jumped in and said, I can help out with this. And, and it's, it's not fair that he would give us his tube. It's not fair. He's prepared. We're not prepared. And I, I didn't have any money, so I couldn't pay for him. So the whole thing was just, was just pure generosity on, on his end to, um, to walk away with less in his backpack to take care of us. It was a, just a great picture, great picture of generosity. Very appealing, very inspiring, very attractive. And he's French. <laughs> I mean, it, just, it was just a great thing. Just kind of shattered some stuff. I mean, it was just great, great stuff there. No offense to any of you who are French or from French heritage. See, you and I, we, we have a choice. We have that little Plinko kind of bouncing down our life, and we have a choice of whether that disc, that Plinko disc, is going is to say, I'm going to hang on to fair share, at least, in which case it rolls into greed. Just maybe a little bit of greed, or a lot of greed, or we say, you know what? I'm more than okay. I'm happy with less. I'm happy with letting, with, with letting the situation be where I may not have as much as I could have. If you choose to go generosity as opposed to greed, which is what Jesus recommends, that that's a great way to live. If you choose to go generosity as opposed to greed, then you and I are going to have to do something that we tend to not like doing. And that is letting go of stuff. That is letting go of some things that we want to keep in our garage or keep in an and a storage facility, figuratively and literally letting go. In, in 1979, a young Steve Martin wrote his first movie and starred in his first movie. Anyone know what that movie is? The Jerk. <laughs> I love this church. It's like, it's like some of you were dozing off. And, oh, The Jerk. I'm in on that. I'm, <laughs> Now what, what, are we, what are we doing now? And so my gift to you here on this Sunday is a clip from this wonderful movie. So just go ahead and enjoy.
You're welcome. <laughs> a man is a genius. It's just good. But sometimes that's the way we handle our stuff. You know, we just, I need this. I need one other. Th- I need this. And I know this thing I haven't, I haven't used in years, but I might use it someday. I might, you know, might need that coming up. And this, I can't get rid of that because it's valuable and it might become valuable. And so, so I, need, I need this and I'm going to hold on to all this stuff in store. And what do you think, I'm some kind of jerk or something? And so it's kind of a, it's kind of a natural thing for us to say, just kind of to hold it in, to, to, to hoard it in. Hoarding is just becoming more and more of an issue in our culture just to say, I want, I want more and more. Last week, I, I shared that my wife and I literally cleaned out our garage recently. And when I, when I did that and cleaned out a number of areas, I realized that um, I, I gathered up some of these things and I realized I have a number of these that were in my garage, perhaps more than my share. And so I don't know if any, if some of you don't know what these are. They're, they're McFarlane um, action figures for adults. These, these, are, these are hockey, but they make baseball, or he makes baseball and football, et cetera, and, um, and they're not toys, okay? They're, they're action figures for adults, and they're awesome. They're, 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 you just, here's a goalie, and you've got, you've got uh, puck marks on the goalie pads that have accumulated uh, uh, here on the pads. You've got, it's not just a generic face, it's actually Curtis Joseph. This is an Oilers thing, but he, he also played for the, for the Coyotes. And so you've got his actual face in behind the mask, and you've got texture for their socks and all that kind of stuff. These things are incredible. And so there have been multiple times as a pretty significant hockey fan where I see these and I go, must have. These are awesome. These are incredible uh, 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 pieces of art that, that uh, they have created. And they're collector's items. You know how you can tell if something's a collector item? Because it says on the package, collector's edition. <laughs> Which I think is pretty cool to be able to do that. It just in manufacturing, all you have to do, hey, let's put collector's edition on there. Let's, let's make 75 million Ford F-150s, but put a special edition on there, and then we'll be able to charge more for it. But yeah, these are collector's edition uh, items, and, uh, and I have uh, my share of them. Does anyone, does anyone in here share my appreciation for McFarlane action figures. I see a gentleman over there, uh, uh, and then another gentleman back there. <laughs> seems more men than women. Huh, okay. <laughs> we do have one over here, okay. Well, um, uh, uh, or, you know, be a fan of this. Gentlemen, would you, would you, you were the first hand I saw. Would you come on up here, please? Yeah, I know, now you're gonna think, I'm never raising my hand again. But just come on, you can just stand right there. I won't make you say anything. But um, take, pick one. Okay. There you go. It's yours. It's a goalie. It's a goalie. Curtis Joseph, enjoy, okay? And then a uh, gentleman in the back. Brian McCabe from the Toronto Maple Leafs. There you go. If you don't know who it is, you'll learn because he's awesome. Okay, there you go. There's sometimes where I, I wish we only had one service, but... Um, <laughs> But that was the last one, so, so um, let me just tell you, 
I'm greedy. I'm naturally greedy. And I genuinely hate that about myself. I really am. I, collecting things is, I don't think is a sin. I don't think it's a sin to collect stuff. Many of us in here, we collect stuff and it, we appreciate it and value it. And you could, you could uh, watch things grow in value and it can be, you can be wise about it and all that. There's a, collecting stuff is not a sin, but, but greed is. So have you been honest with yourself and with your maker in terms of your, your management of your stuff? Is it, is it healthy collecting or is it moving towards towards greed. And I, and I know for myself, I want my piece of the pie. I want my fair share. It's, and, and I want my fair share, which rolls into greed, and I want to burst through that. I, I, I tithe. I've, I've been tithing for uh, as long as I can remember, and so I get that. I understand that, and I can work my finances to, to manage that stuff, and I can be generous with you know, needs here in the church, and, and I can do all that, but there's this daily ongoing piece where I have so much to learn in terms of generosity, and the best way to kill greed is generosity. It is the absolute greed killer. You want to kill greed in your life? Give stuff away. You want to kill greed in your life? Be happy with less. Not just tolerate willing, but be happy with less. And that God is doing that kind of work in and through you. Last week I talked about three steps to physically cleaning out your garage that can apply to the the spiritual journey as well. And I want to close with those three steps on the issue of greed. First step was, was identify it. Is greed an actual issue for you? For some, it's not. Some people are just, are just wonderfully generous. And so, we'll, you know, we'll keep coming for the next few weeks, you know. But is this an issue for you? Is this something hidden in the back of your garage? Is it, where is greed for you? Greed is, I want fair share at least. Whereas generosity is, I'm happy with less than what I could have. And then the second step as we clean out the garage is then to, to examine it. Okay, I've found this greed. I've been honest enough to say there is some greed in my life. There is this piece, this area, these kinds of things, this collection, whatever. And so then are we honest enough to just say, God, what's the best thing for my heart here? What do you, what do you want me to do with this here? What? Where does it come from, my desire to hold these things? What is that rooted in, and is that something that is honoring to you? It's a time to ask yourself, do I like who I am when I hold on to this stuff, or do I like who I am better when I share this stuff or or let it go? It's just examining yourself. And then thirdly is to, is to deal with it. Is if you identify and examine some kind of greed in your life, to not just put it back on the shelf the same place it was before, but to deal with it. And I've got a couple action steps for us here today that I'm going to close with. If your issue is money, if for you it's a money thing and, and it's, it's the way you um, respond to emotionally and how money is working for you, that uh, we on Wednesday, January 23rd, so in another week and a half, we are starting up a financial peace seminar that we do on a regular basis here. This is a great um, biblically-based program to find out what is God's purpose for our resources? How can we get out of debt so that we can live generously? 
It's, it's really a help for, you, for us in terms of our finances. And so call the church, go on our website, go to the white table or whatever if you'd like to sign up or learn more about the Financial Peace Seminar. If, however, your issue on greed is, seems to be more connected with stuff, with possessions, then as we mentioned earlier, this is a great time because of our student union garage sale that you can just go through your house and just, just fill boxes. It's, it's very unlikely you'll regret giving stuff away in this way. You just, you just put it in boxes and you just, you just give it away. Maybe some of you, maybe you don't like the Toronto Maple Leafs, and so you'll think, I really don't need this, so you'll just put it back in the garage sale, you know, next week. I don't know how the thing might work. But you just bring anything and everything next Sunday, and from Sunday through Thursday, just stop, uh, stop by the church and drop stuff off. If you have large items, call the church because we have a couple uh, trucks that have been donated by people so we can come p- help you by picking up larger items. And then the best thing is all proceeds go towards our students so that they can go on mission trips. So that's a way to be happy with less, to truly just enjoy having less stuff in your garage, less stuff in your house, less stuff that you're worried about. Jesus says, don't build bigger barns. We are so blessed here. We are so blessed. We can have collections. We can have garages. We can have cars to put in those garages. We are so blessed. And so what God wants for us in this this community where we are so blessed is that we would be able to be happy with less than what we possibly could have, and to just trust God with that gap, (laughs) to just trust the one who loves you so much. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, I, I do thank you for your generosity, that you model this that you, you do, you have everything, but you, you just give and you give and your son came to, to model for us how to live and to not be a, a judgmental about people who are struggling in this area or, or working in this area, but to be relentless with people who genuinely want to pursue you and want to say, God, what can I do next? And you love us enough to say, here's what I want you to do with the greed in your life. God, thank you for that. And I pray that there would be fruit in individuals, in families, in our community, in our church because of the generosity that flows. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.